podcast. It's called the Matthew West Podcast. I really hope you like it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and I hope you really like it. Let me tell you what I liked. I liked West Fall Fest. Just last weekend, we had an epic time, got together with my band and my fam and thousands of you from all around the country and all around the world. You joined us for a virtual experience, West Fall Fest. I just want to say thank you for showing us so much love, for supporting your local musicians. You guys showed up, you showed out, and I hope you loved it. We tried to do the concert in kind of more of a variety show a little bit. We had some funny sketches and the family made an appearance and it was so much fun. So much fun. I want to let you know, if you missed the original airing of Westfall Fest, I decided to leave the link up for two weeks, which means that you can create your own Westfall Fest evening on a Monday night, a Tuesday night, whenever. Whenever you want to go, you can go to matthewwest.veeps.com Com. That's MatthewWest.Veeps, V-E-E-P-S.com. And as a listener of the podcast, use the code MWPODCAST and you'll get a dollar off your ticket. But tickets were only 10 bucks anyway, so you get a $9 ticket. You can watch the show. I think you're going to have an absolute blast. And you'll definitely get in the spirit of autumn, whatever that means. Hey, I hope you're ready for an amazing episode of the podcast today. I know that sounds a little cocky, but the amazing part has nothing to do with me and everything to do with my guests. Guests, plural, a husband and wife team. Now check it out. My guests today, they need no introduction, but they're going to get one anyways because they're amazing people and I have tons of respect for them. Grammy Award winner, this guy has sold almost 5 million albums, 37 number one radio singles. He recently held up a plaque on social media that said over 1 billion streams on Pandora alone. This year, a movie was released that told their story. The movie's called I Still Believe. They've also released three books this year alone. A couple's devotion called Unison, a children's book called Even Me, and of course, the book I Still Believe. Also, this husband and wife team just released a special record together called The Worship Project that is amazing. You have to check it out. We've toured together, we've written songs together, and today we get together again on my podcast. I'm so pumped for this. It's going to be an awesome time. Without further ado, let's go to the story house with Jeremy and AD Camp. How are you guys doing? Doing well. I mean, surviving, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Out in California right now. So doing our thing. I think the greatest thing right now is that our kids are doing so well. They're just thriving right now. Really? Yeah. They're just like doing music with their friends, doing worship songs, writing their own songs, just loving life. Loving life. Yeah. So I think that makes us feel good. So has it been a dream for them to make music? Only one of them is releasing music, right? Not Egan. Is he, is he going to start a band yet? <laughs> he did tell me, he goes, Dad, can I do an instrumental album? He asked me, I'm like, no, son, not all you kids are going to do music. 
yes. he's so funny oh that sounds awesome he literally sits at the piano <laughs> an instrumental album yeah he literally he wants to do like an avengers type oh yeah instrumental album. <laughs> he sits at the piano and like works out all the marvel themed he does like, soundtracks, you know? oh well, but yeah. maybe he'll be like the next hans zimmer <laughs> i think literally that's what he wants to do i was doing a demo one time in my studio out here and he comes in and said, Dad, check this out. And plays his piano part, and it actually added to the song. I'm not kidding you. I was like, really? Yeah, I'm not kidding you. I went, son. He goes, yeah, I, just, I could hear it, so I just wanted to play it. <laughs> See, I mean, they can't be in your house with Jeremy and AD Camp without being influenced on the music front in, on some level. It's got to be. I mean, our kids have access to music. Now, whether they want to tap into it or not, it's another exactly. matter. But what made your daughter want to release a song? Let's talk about that. Because I saw that it, it just released, right? Yeah. yeah. Through everything that's happened, I think that they've been affected in, in ways as well. They're watching, of course, people going through struggles with COVID, social unrest, and their heart as a generation is breaking seeing this. As a 14-year-old girl, she sat in her room one night and just said, ah, can't we have peace? Can't we have love? Like, we're all created equal. We're all, I mean, this mm -hmm. whole kind of cry of her heart, and it was beautiful. And she came out and played it for us. And I just went, oh, my word. This song, which is called What We Need, is what <laughs> we need right now. To have a 14-year-old girl actually sharing her heart, that her heart's breaking. I mean, they're bridging this song, said, this world is broken. Our tears have made oceans. Lord, come down. We need you now. I mean, what kind of lyric is that? That's awesome. And it just makes your heart. That is awesome. Yeah. It's like this worship moment. And I think for me, when I'm seeing them able to articulate and to share words of encouragement to this generation is huge. Yeah. And then her friend, Alina Pitts, who's actually was in War Room, which she did a killer job. We're friends with her family. And we are like, Alina needs to sing with you. You know, this would be a perfect opportunity. Oh, wow. And so they came together and sang together. And so you have this beautiful kind of show of unity. And it's just, it's powerful. A 14-year-old girl and a 16-year-old girl, it's powerful. Well, I know that you were told that I wanted to interview Jeremy and AD Camp for my podcast. But the truth was, I really just wanted to have this interview be the segue for me to get your daughter as a guest on the show because I think she's going to be a big star. <laughs> I want in on the ground level. <laughs> Honestly, she told me years ago, it's so funny, this is when you know that it's God just kind of laying on someone's heart. She said, Dad, this is probably five years ago. Yeah, I think so. She was nine. She was, Dad, I don't want to do what you do. I was like, oh, babe, that's totally fine. As long as you love Jesus and serve him, that's all I care about. So probably about... Year, Even probably a year ago. Probably about a year yeah. ago. She goes, Dad, I want to do music. I said, okay. Really? Yeah. So with that, you know, it was something that God laid in her heart because she actually was anti doing this. And all of a sudden something clicked in where she said, I want to do music. And of course, I'm like, okay, if you want to do music, now let me help you and show you and encourage you in which direction to go. But I never was going to push her. We've, Same, we've yeah. Never. I think especially because we were both in music, I felt such sensitivity to not push yeah. that on our kids. Are you sure you want to do you that? Know, I'm like, <laughs> I feel the same way. Yeah, it's exactly. like, you just so want it to be something that's so authentically comes from them. Because I mean, you know, it's a grind. Like it's not easy and there's so many difficulties and there's disappointments along with, so many incredible things, but you just know, like in order to even, if we can say, make it, you need that really call from the Lord on your life. It isn't just something that's like, oh, you've got talent. You should do something. 
And so there's like a tenacity that you need with it. So I think we've just been sort of waiting to see if that would even surface in any of our kids. And it's so sweet. They sit around playing music almost every Hold single on. day. It's beautiful. Oh, and Bella wrote a song yeah, too. Awesome. And actually we're going to put her song out as well in probably January. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So basically your solution to, to COVID and touring being canceled, you're just putting your kids to work. That's right. Is that yeah. what's going on? Like, All right, girls. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually brilliant. Dad can't tour right now. <laughs> so, don't, get back get in there. Kids. Totally. Don't come out. <laughs> Until you write a song. Until you got a hit. <laughs> but don't you feel like as a parent, I feel like I hover, hopefully not in a bad way most of the time, but I watch my kids. I know Emily and I, and I bet you guys are the same where it's like, we're just looking at our kids and watching them to see what they start to gravitate towards or right. what sort of different things they might get passionate about. And then we want to help open the doors any way we can. But first and foremost, I love to tell my kids the same thing my parents told me is that first and foremost, having a relationship with the Lord is the most important yeah. thing. Absolutely. And everything from there is following God's plan for your life. So did you notice anything in particular that was starting to make your daughter change her mind to go, dad, I don't want to do that. But over time, then all of a sudden she comes and says, okay, I think I do. Was there any certain moment that led to that? What was really cool is Jeremy's brother. So we're out in California. We sort of split our time out between Nashville and California. And Jeremy's brother, while we're out here, he's been running this group called Worship Discipleship for the young teenagers, the high schoolers. And so they would get together and they still do. And even through COVID, like on Zoom and all that stuff, and they sit and they discuss all different kinds of things relating to worship and music. And he's been giving them these projects. And so for both of the girls... I think as Jared, Jeremy's brother, has been giving them sort of these little like tasks to do, like write a poem or write a children's song or do this or whatever, they've just really found something come alive in them. And so it's just been this super cool progression to watch. And so sweet, I think, for us as parents to see Jeremy's brother coming alongside and like discipling them wow. in a way that I think that we couldn't, Right. not that we didn't have the ability to, but it's like, you know, your kids just hear things differently coming from other people and how sweet it is to have seen <laughs> you know Jared. That. Yeah, totally. Like, what are you saying? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Watching Jared like come alongside them and just pour into them and seeing the fruit coming out of that has been so rad. So really it's community that has, you know, having the right leader and the right community, watching other kids that were interested in music that were interested in, in music for the right reasons. I think that's the thing too, is that these kids just wanted to worship Jesus. And I think that she sees the authenticity in us, but she's seen some things that aren't authentic, <laughs> you know, to be honest, cause she's been in this for years as well and traveled. And so I think when she sees young kids that are like, I just want to, purely worship the Lord, I think that she was drawn more toward that. Wow. You know, I grew up in ministry. My dad's a preacher. and It kind of felt like the family business growing up. And having my faith in Christ become real to me right. was the first step in then starting to make any sort of meaningful music or even really discover what God's plan for my life is. So I, I think about that being a challenge maybe for our kids collectively, for yours and ours, where yeah. they've grown up and they've seen us. It's like our job is ministry. Our ministry is our job. And we know it's ministry and we're pursuing God's plan for our lives, but maybe our kids could easily fall into seeing that as, well, this is just what the family does. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, right. and, and so taking that next step, and it really does come from outside influences. I'm going to post a link to your daughter's song. Tell me the name of the song one more time. It's called What We Need. What We Need. We're going to post a link so that everybody's going to go listen to oh, that. Thanks, man. No matter what race, we all need His grace. Can we have peace? All I want, what we need 
that's just one of the neat things that's come about from you moving to California for her to be in that community that your brother's leading with the youth. But what really led towards you leaving God's country, as I call it, Nashville, Tennessee, (laughs) you used to live in California, right? Before this. I did for like almost eight years. Okay. Yeah. And so I lived in California for eight years. I went to Bible college out here. You know, this is where I met Melissa. A lot of my formidable years were out here. And so I do have a lot of memories. I was married before and my wife, Melissa, she had cancer and went to be with Jesus. And so that's where I met her out here. Okay. Of course, God has now blessed me with Adrian, which has been such a joy and be able to do things together. But, you know, I think that we got led out here. There's a scripture in Hosea mm-hmm. that a friend gave us. And I think it really was kind of eye-opening to this season. It says, I will lead you into the desert and speak tenderly to you, and I will bring back your vineyards. Wow. And, you know, we're out in the desert here, and I really feel like God has spoken. I'm not saying that being away from Tennessee, all of a sudden we can now hear the Lord, because that's not what I'm saying. But I think for us, we need to be separated from that community for a while. I know it sounds so weird because we're so tight with so many people and love so many people, but I think he just said, I want me and you, and I want to be, in a sense, alone with you and not be so distracted and be so busy I love that with things that were, because I love Nashville, but everyone lives there, and there's so many things that you can do to stay distracted. Yeah. And I felt like we needed to be undistracted during this season. And honestly, now looking at what's happened this year, I'm going, yeah, God, you were preparing us for this because it's been a rough year for everybody. And I feel like that we've been so filled up and so full of rest as well, Mm -hmm. because we needed some rest being out here and it's preparation. And so I feel like that come 2021, I don't know what it looks like, but there is an excitement about this new season. Woo. Yeah. Let's get rid of 2020. Yeah, let's get rid of 2020 for sure. But but not like, not brush away as in like, oh, I'm just going to get through it. Cause it's like, God has taught us so much yeah, he really and given has. us a clearer vision and made our eyes more fixed on him because, you know, 2020 really is perfect vision. A lot of people are like, I feel like God's going to give me clear vision of just my life. And it's like, no, actually he needs to give us clear vision on what he wants and who he is and looking to him. That's good. And I think that's where we need to keep our so focus true. because it's all about us so many times. And God's like, no, it's actually just about me and what I have for you and who I am. Well, speaking of it being about us, I really selfishly, I needed that answer of why you moved to California because I've been wanting to find a a way to share this and I figure why not just on this podcast, but I've had a lot of sleepless nights over one, one thing and that is just the, and I was hoping it was just coincidence that you and I went on a tour together and then very shortly after you announced that you were going to California. And I just thought, it. Was, I've been just thinking, this is my fault. I've done something. I've said, I've, I've pushed Jeremy away. I got too close. I got too attached. I wanted to be best friends with him and then he moves away. So I'm just glad to know it wasn't my fault. I mean, you know, that video that we did together and kind of showing that you want to be my best friend. I mean, it definitely put a little bit of a, uh, an awkward, you know, thing in front of us, but that's okay. I love you. It's not the reason why, just maybe a portion of the reason. I literally love everything you guys Dude. do together. It's so Bro, that, <laughs> all those things I remember that we've done. the promo. Oh yeah. We were trying to promote our tour and I remember one video where you were blow drying my hair in the dressing room or something like that. That just sounds so oh, weird right now, what you just said. It's just so weird. <laughs> just talking about like, people, let me tell you about my best friend. <laughs> A California COVID experience 
in 2020. How has life been for you as a family? I know you said your kids are thriving, which yeah. to be able to say that in the year of 2020, but the move to California, I love what you just shared about being called to the desert. It makes me want to ask if you've got a guest room where I can come, uh, come as soon on. as the restraining order is lifted. <laughs> yeah. I want to be able to come and visit you once again. <laughs> but you know, in Nashville, we're watching the news. We see California. We see the fires. We see right. mask mandates and people really feeling like they're you know, my friends in LA County, which is, I know that's not where you are, but just right. really feeling like they couldn't even go outside yeah. for several weeks. Has it been that case or is it a little more laxed where you are? It's a little more laxed where we are, but I think that we've also just embraced the time. Does that make sense? So if we have to stay at home, we stay at home. There's no use fighting things because I think for us, it just puts an angst and a frustration in yeah. you that's unneeded. We smelled the fires a little bit. You could see the smoke, and but it wasn't affecting us really personally in a huge way. How many tour dates were you scheduled to play this year? Oh, I think I lost 80 tour dates. Okay. Yeah. I think in the beginning, well, it was insanely busy because of the movie, and we had a book come out, and like there were so many promo things that were going on in the very beginning. And then there was sort of a temptation to try to scramble to figure out something else, because we run, and I mean, you totally get this, Matthew, but we run at such a hectic pace all the time to sort of have everything cleared off your plate. It just feels really, really weird. But I think God just really showed us just to focus on our family and just really realizing with Bella, our oldest, she's got less than two years left in the house with us. And so instead of like just being busy and trying to figure out what the next thing is of just going, you know what, we're never, ever going to get this time back with her. And as much as there's so many things about this year that have really been difficult and disappointing, but let's just soak up the time we have together. And it's just been sweet, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you're right. We'll never and not that, yeah. I mean, it hasn't always, like there've been moments and days that oh, it's like, oh my yeah. gosh, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're normal. Something. Like there was times of feeling depressed. There was times of just being down, up, being upset. Yeah, times where you're like, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, you know, that, of course, that's <laughs> right, all there. We're right. not going to sit there and go, everything's been so great, Matthew. Everything is awesome. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to do that. <laughs> We're not watching the Lego movie every day going, this is amazing. You know, that's not the case. But my my point is, I think that, you know, for the first probably five months, definitely the first four months, it was a lot of like, we got we to gotta pivot. What do we do now? I mean, I was running 100 miles per hour. Because we had tour, movie, our book, my book, you know, uh, an album just came out. A lot of big plans. Yeah, a lot of big plans. And things were, honestly, things were opening up in a huge way. And it was like, man, this is amazing. And so I think the first few months was really trying to go, what do I do? What do we do? Let's do this. Let's try that. Let's try this. And I feel like that I've really settled into what Adrian was saying. Like, hey, I'm not probably going to play again till March. So it'd be a year of not playing. Wow. Which that has never not, happened. Yeah, in 20 years. <laughs> yeah, never happened in 20 years. So I've embraced it now. I'm enjoying it. It's not always easy because I do get kind of like angsty and I've been trying to write. We're gonna yeah. My wife's smiling. I'm just laughing. We sound so old. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like we're just embracing the slow life. Do you catch him in the backyard like doing a show like <laughs> and pretending there's an audience Serenading in front of him? the cactuses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you just hear him going, thank you. Thank you, California. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> there's a bunch of stuffed animals and I have like an audience <laughs> sound like that's boosting through the speakers everywhere. <laughs> And my kids are out there like, Dad, we love you. But this is something you love to do has been taken away. And there is that adjustment. But I will say, we've been on tour together and like how quickly our voices get wiped out. The voices get so exhausted. And then you do the rest of the tour and you almost feel like you're at 60%. Like, do you feel like your voice is at like 150% right now? Because I feel like my voice is really strong just because (laughs) it's been able to rest. (laughs) 
Yeah. Are you feeling like that? Yeah, I did feel like that. And then recently I'm like, okay, now I actually need to work it out. Like it's almost like the opposite. Yeah. At first it was like, I can sing for hours. Yes. We did our worship album and I was like singing some super high notes. I'm going, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I stopped singing and I'm like, okay, now I'm actually ready to, it's like a muscle. You got to work it out. But I did too, man. We get so yeah. tired and wore out our voices. I guarantee you when I start warming up and singing again, I probably will be able to sing a high D. I mean, I'm serious and I feel like, like I'm going to yeah. be able to do an opera voice. You know? So your vocal cord is the only muscle on you that was out of shape. Yeah. Is, is your vocal cord. Okay. So we found Jeremy's one weakness during COVID. <laughs> but you know, I've been singing that. Remember the old worship song? It's not that old, but blessed be your name. And that yes. line, you give and take away. You yeah. give and take away. Yeah. I was talking to somebody earlier today about how I used to always just equate that as like, something that God does at different times. Like at times he's going to give you something at times he's going to take away. But this year I feel like I've been seeing God do these two things simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Yes. He's taken some things away from us, but literally right in its place, he's simultaneously giving us. And in our case, I had a feeling we would find really common ground in the sense that, you know, we're looking at it going, yeah, you know what, this has been some hard things, but one of the gifts that we've been given you and I, Jeremy, right. is this restored time with our kiddos yeah. and with our spouses, with our families. And yeah. what I love is as I'm watching some of the fruits for you guys come out of this, I don't know if this worship project of the two of you together was already in the works or a dream that you had already had, but like somebody who I know has an incredible voice, who's had plenty of time to rest her voice while <laughs> she's raised your three kids, but her voice needs to be heard and is now officially getting to be heard again with this worship project that you've done together. But was this a dream before COVID or was this something that came about as a result of all this newfound free time and coming off the road? Yeah, not really. I mean, we've joked about like doing something together, but we've joked about even doing a rock album together, <laughs> you know? So it wasn't sort of anything that was seriously talked about, but I think we just find ourselves get going back to, it's kind of like the basics during COVID of just going, I just want to sit around and sing worship together, just the simplicity and just crying out to the Lord going, God, we need you. We're desperate for you right now, trying to make sense of what on earth is going on in our country, in the world, just everything. And I think we just found ourselves coming back to just worship together. You know, it's like that old song as well. Mm. I'm coming back to the, the heart, heart of worship. worship, you know, when all the music fades yes. and Love everything's that. stripped away that I'm, it's all about you, Jesus. And so in COVID, we did a few like Facebook live things where we did worship nights together. And then after that, I think it just was just such a natural sort of response, you know, and Jeremy was like, we should do a worship album. Well, cause what, so this is kind of what happened. So I remember it was Friday and I had a movie come out and we found out that there's a pandemic, you know, and they were going to close down the theaters. So our tour got shut down. They were closing down theaters after the weekend, the first weekend my movie was out. And it was the number one movie in America on Friday night. So you're going, oh my goodness, yay. But no, yeah. because now it's being taken out of the, the theaters. And so, you know, I, of course, was super down. Here I am back at home, supposed to be on tour, supposed to be actually in New York doing some interviews because of the movie. And I'm just stuck at home. I was depressed, down. I couldn't get out of my bed. And God really just kind of, I felt a tug on my heart to go upstairs and start playing guitar. And so I'm like, okay. So I, I just went upstairs, grabbed my guitar, and I wrote this song called Whatever May Come. I was wondering if that was the song you were going to say. Yeah, yeah that's, that was the song. I woke up and just, I went upstairs, wrote it. I told Adrian, I said, hey, come up here. I wrote a song and I played it for her. And I said, can we sing this? And I'll just record it. And I'll just post it on like Facebook and Instagram because I have nothing mm. to say to everybody. 
because I'm so down, but I know music can articulate yeah. things that you're feeling. And so I did, and we posted it. And like a week later, there was like 7 million people that had viewed it. And I was like, wait, what? Like I was so, I was like really shocked because I wasn't expecting or even trying to do anything. It was it's more- like better than any of our videos. Yeah, better, yeah exactly. You're like, I don't think I've ever You're had like, that. wait, this was in our kitchen. <laughs> I didn't have a budget. Yeah, yeah, literally it was nothing. Oh. And, you know, and that's when a guy's saying, yeah, because it's about what I'm doing, not, not you trying to do things perfectly. And so- from that, I think, is what kind of spurred the idea. And people kept saying, write more songs. And I'm like, I can't just write more songs because they won't be inspired. You know, it's got to be inspired. And God started giving more songs. And they came out naturally. And so I'd post more songs. And then eventually, that's when we both went, I think we need to do an album. We have the time. That's awesome. Let's do this. And it was, bro, honestly, it was so not thought out, not in a bad way, but in a good way. You know how you overthink things? Yeah, just organically. Organically. Absolutely. You know, it wasn't contrived. It wasn't like, okay, we got to do this and write these these type songs. Nothing was further from the truth than that. We just sat down and said, this is what we feel like saying. That's what's on our heart. Let's make it simple. The instruments are simple. We didn't overthink it creatively. We just said, this is what we're going to do. And I think that's why we, I feel like there's an authenticity to it. I'm not trying to like toot my own horn. I'm just saying that you feel like that that was very authentic. No, that's real. Yeah, and that's what it felt like. Now, how did you guys work creatively together? Was this new territory on some? I know you guys have sung together before, and obviously I've seen 80 on stage together right. with you. And 80, you mentioned making a rock album. And <laughs> for those who don't know, I mean, the Benjamin Gate... If you stream music, you go dig in and find uh, A.D. Camp dig as the deep. lead singer of <laughs> the Benjamin Gate. And your former bass player played bass for me for yeah, a few years. Yeah, he did, yeah. Which was crazy. But so a rock album, I mean, between the two of you guys, I think that could be your follow-up to the Worship Project. But did you guys ever butt heads creatively? I want to I wanna really know. This is more of a gotcha interview, by the way. <laughs> this is where I try to get you guys at odds with each other and then a huge drama stir. A big fight happens. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's honestly, what I'm looking for here. <laughs> We, okay, so <laughs> I'm not even like trying to sound weird, but on this album, it was actually so easy. We worked really, really well together. There was an ease about it that I think was refreshing, but we have definitely butted heads in the past. I mean, on many, many, many different things, especially because- That's very true. <laughs> I did a solo album, gosh, like 14 years ago, whatever, and Jeremy produced it and we totally butted heads then. So I think we kind of knew- sort of like things to avoid yeah. and just had like already yeah. just known how to address like possible conflict situations of like, Hey, okay. Have you thought about this? Maybe just coming at it from a different angle, which I was kind of <laughs> glad because it just made the whole process a lot easier. Jeremy, when, when you say this, it makes me feel <laughs> this way. Yes. <laughs> or like, you, have you heard stories of like, like Metallica having to bring their therapist oh, I, to the recording I watched session? That. Just, oh I watched that. I documentary. It's like, we, we had a marriage therapist there the whole time for days. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been in a band. I relate to that. <laughs> like, honestly, like Greg Laurie's just sitting in the lobby, like making sure you guys are okay. His hands on his chin, just stroking his chin. Yeah, like, oh my all right, guys. I mean, basically, I think that the reason why it was on this project so smooth is because we didn't try to overthink anything. So we just let whatever happened happen. And we both were just trusting each other in our instincts. We've been very transparent. We wrote a book. Um, a marriage book that came out in April and we were very in transparent. unison, right? Yeah. In yeah. unison. And so we were very transparent, you know, didn't hold anything back and just sharing what God's taught us through marriage. So we have no problem sharing those conflicts because we have had conflicts, <laughs> but 
It was actually so nice. I think it was the grace of God that allowed us to not have conflict during this project during COVID because you know, it's the last thing we needed. You know what I mean? Everything else yeah, is falling. You're stuck with each other, so you better get along making the project. Exactly. I guess everybody needs to listen to this. There's something so refreshing about this project. One, I think you know people get to hear you, Jeremy, in a different light, and you guys sing incredibly well together. So this Thanks, is an buddy. amazing project. It needed to be done, Thanks, and uh, I can't encourage people to find that enough. And your book in unison now this is the crazy thing i mean your year of 2020 like you guys have been no seriously like this flow of creativity like that's why i was curious one of the things i was thinking about coming into this interview was like i wonder how many of these things were like just the fruit of like a dream that came right in the front end of 2020 and how many things were already in the works you know for me i've had things like that were on the back burner that were instantly able to be put on the front burner yeah. because of the added free time being home this podcast being one of them something i'd dreamt of for a couple of years but it just wasn't the right time now all of a sudden okay this is a perfect time it to is. see a new dream come to life but you released Three books, right? In Unison, which is a book you two wrote together. Yeah. Yep. Then I Still Believe, which came out with the movie. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's right. And then a children's then- book. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you have a new a new line of Tupperware, I'm, I'm also understanding. Is this is this right? Is that that's what's hilarious. next? And where do you go from there? The my do you have a deal with the my pillow guy? Yeah. Or, uh, yeah, I mean, because our last name is Camp, so it's you know, it's the camping with that's the camps, what? you know. Our new line of camping gear. You know, I've always thought you should launch your own family camp. I, I know call that. It camp camp. And did you see that Babylon B that talked about? No. Did it say something? It's oh yeah. So, funny. so you know Babylon B, right? You've ever heard of that? I love Babylon. I know yeah. we're full on getting sidetracked here, but the point is, is that it wrote a thing about that. I started a camp called Jeremy's camp and it's only a camp that if your name is Jeremy, you can go to <laughs> And it's this whole long like description and like it's, it's actually you just look it up. It's really funny. Oh, it's a yeah, great idea. It's hilarious. Here you are putting out these worthwhile worship project and books when all the while it's all misguided. You should have been launching Jeremy's camp. I know. But <laughs> seriously, these books and this project, I mean, this hasn't been an incredibly productive year, a year of yeah. great strides forward in terms of, and you're really doing the same thing you would have done if you were playing 80 shows, and that's telling people about Jesus right. by telling your story, the story of your marriage, and most of all, the story of a God who's been faithful through triumph and mm. trial, which yeah. is so powerful. I want to ask you so many questions, but like, were these books already in process, or was this something that you just started dreaming up during 2020 as well? All three of the books were in process. The I Still Believe book was actually written... I'm trying to think. Years ago, but we rewrote it. So nine years ago. A lot of updates. And then, so we added, I think it was like three extra chapters and sort of like a little revision. And then the marriage book and the children's book were both in process. And then I think we turned them in at the end of last year, actually probably even before then. But the crazy thing was just the culmination of that everything kind of did hit at the (laughs) same time. And then, of course, we had no idea what 2020 was going to have in store. So it's just kind of, yeah, this crazy leading up to this Big year, I guess. Yeah, so really everything was kind of in process except, except for the, the worship, worship album. And I think that for me okay. was a nice just outlet where our life was so planned in a sense and everything was so planned at that point. And this was one of those like, whoop, 
pivots, you know, like, oh, you know what? This is yeah. what God has for us and we have the opportunity to do it. And I think that's why it makes it so special. Not the other things aren't special, they're very special, but like sure. it makes it so special because it was something that God literally placed in our heart during this time. So everything that was birthed was birthed out of what we were experiencing, what we were feeling like God was teaching us during this time. I think that's why that is so special because it's like, yeah, this was uh, instilled during COVID, <laughs> period. Will you tour this worship project if and when it ever were able to you know, <laughs> tour again? Yep. Years ago, we did a marriage conference and Jeremy and I led worship. This is probably like three years ago, I yeah. think. We just had a really sweet time of worship. And during one of those times, I felt like the Holy Spirit say to me, this is what's next, in alluding to Jeremy and I ministering together. And I, at that point, had so, I mean, I was still just so steeped in motherhood. Not that anything's changed because I still am, but I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And so I just didn't say anything mm. to him at all. I was like, okay, that's nice. Not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, he said something today and that triggered that memory. And, and I told him, I said, oh my gosh, I completely forgot about this. But literally about three years ago, I felt like this is what God said was next for us. But I just couldn't figure out how that was going to come to be at that point. Yeah. And so I just didn't say anything. Oh, but <laughs> now it's like, just even with this year and the marriage book and the worship project, it just feels like such a natural pivot in some sense. And yeah. I mean, not that Jeremy's going to not all of a sudden tour anymore. Right. It'll just be sure. like just both. I yeah, guess. I think it'll be a variety of things that we do. I mean, you know, marriage things, marriage conferences. I think that we'll be doing a lot more things together. I don't know what that even looks like. I'm saying things without even knowing what yeah. that means, but <laughs> you'll still do your touring. Yeah, yeah. But not as much probably because yeah, for me, it's like, I just don't feel like, listen, unless God just says, this is what I want you to do. Go for this next year and do that. And the pivot will be in a couple of years. I don't know, but I'm really open to literally bro, whatever the Lord has right now. I was on my face yesterday. I had a, had a good cry yesterday, honestly. I was like, okay, God. Mm. Like, I had my hands open and said, all right, whatever you want, God. And I, I think I just needed that moment mm. of like, whatever you want. I heard your latest single, I think just yesterday, and you were singing, it's out of my hands, like yeah. literally singing that heartbeat, which, which is so cool that you're literally in your personal life, you're praying the same thing that your songs are speaking. Mm. Yeah. Does it feel like there's just something extra special when you get to be in ministry with your wife on stage? You're sharing your story. You're probably doing more interviews together than you have in the past, right? Oh. Like even oh, yeah. with this one. And I know yeah. I'm not even going to ask you. I know the answer that this is already your favorite interview you guys have ever done. <laughs> it I, I'm is. pretty sure. How did you know? How'd you know? <laughs> but Jeremy, is it special just hearing your wife? Like when I see my wife have an opportunity to step into the light and share her story and how God speaks through her. It's like, I don't know, it makes me so proud in a really cool way. Like, you know what I yes. mean? Like, I'm just like, there's something different about being in ministry together than when it's just me going on stage and doing my thing and then I come home. Not even a question. When you're married, you're one. And so it, you got to think about it. It's like, I say this kind of jokingly, I'm like, I feel like the Holy Spirit's a little bit stronger when she's with me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, <laughs> so you have this extra power because you're one. And so it's almost like there's a team that comes together that is more powerful. And I feel like that there's also a, a representation together as a couple that is needed. Even watching just her, I even told her during this time, you have so much to offer. So much, yeah. She has so much to offer, just articulating things that God's teaching her, um, singing, writing. She's gonna write another book that I think is gonna be brilliant and I'm really excited about. That's awesome. Because she has so much to offer. And so to do that together, there's just a dual power, I feel like, that is special. So yeah, I love it. 
when I was listening to the worship project, that was one of the thoughts I had. It made me think of just even my relationship with my wife and how it's like, um, where would you and I, Jeremy, be without the champions we've had in our wives? You know what I mean? And wives singular. You and I don't have multiple wives. I mean, <laughs> you, you having your wife, me having... Right, right, but, right. But right. my wife, she's been such a champion for me. And I've been you know, convicted in the best way at times to go how often have I turned around and championed her? Right. You know, in spiritual matters, in dreams, I mean, in passions and ideas. So I think this is a good reminder, even for anybody listening, like, you know, if you've been the beneficiary of having a champion in a spouse, like getting up and asking yourself and asking the Lord to show you, how can I turn around and champion their dreams and their passions and see them come to life in ways that God wants to use them in ways big and small, you know, which right. obviously, AD, you taking care of the kids. And I love what you said, steeped in motherhood. There's a title <laughs> of a book right there. Yeah. And God's using you in huge ways through that. But now with the chance to write more books, it's just going to be super exciting to see. And I could tell that you guys have a really close friendship. We've obviously toured together. Right. I think the kids would say hashtag marriage goals or something like that. But (laughs) you recently posted a picture on Instagram and the caption read date night, but it was just a picture of you guys holding pints of some healthy (laughs) ice cream. That's like some sad, some sad excuse for the real thing. That's not really ice cream. I literally saw the word keto and I threw up in my mouth a little bit. You're like lame. I'm like, is this it? Is this what it takes to have ripped abs? Like Jeremy, am I going to have to go buy the keto ice cream? So 80, tell me the truth right now. I need a, I need a moment of honesty from you, 80. Okay. Does he, force you to eat the un uh, delicious <laughs> does he force you to eat the healthy ice cream and that has to be your way of life or do you willingly choose this sad excuse <laughs> imitation ice cream i want to know like do you need help are you in danger of not being able to ever eat the good stuff basically matthew don't tell anybody yeah but i wake up and he has like pills stacked up next to my bed with protein shakes and all different kinds of powders added in. <laughs> and then he has so. a workout little regimen for me. He texts me, okay, 50 squats, 100 push-ups. That's and I'm like, I can't even do five push-ups. And he's like, you need to do 100 by the end of the day. See? You don't even know it, but you're actually the first participant at Jeremy's camp. That's what I'm saying. Like this is like, You're one camp. of the first campers. You're right. Fitness camp. No, no, I don't do that. Obviously, but. I'm totally joking. <laughs> you know there's somebody out there that was like, I can't Somebody out there's oh like, gosh, it's so a joke. why would he do that? <laughs> Evil man. No, so we amazing. love life together. We actually do enjoy being healthy together. I would say Jeremy's definitely a notch more committed than I am. I love Jenny's ice cream. Oh, me too. Actually, He's Mandisa like- <laughs> posted under it and said, oh, guys, next time you come in town, we're going to get Jenny's ice cream. <laughs> totally. Real ice cream. <laughs> No, but we we do enjoy, I love love, like cooking healthily and all of that stuff. So that is definitely something we love doing together as well. (laughs) That was good, dude. Hey, that was just my check-in, you know, making sure everything's okay. But (laughs) thank uh, you, Matthew. If she's being forced to eat that against her will, that's just a shame. So (laughs) So before our talk today, I looked back at our text thread, Jeremy. (laughs) And uh, mainly I'm saying that just because I love being able to brag to people that I have your number in my phone. But <laughs> Sunday, January 12th, 8.04 p.m., I texted Jeremy, happy birthday, man, with really 
too many exclamation marks. And I saw the celebration on Instagram. Awesome. Here's to an awesome 2020 for you. So this year is apparently my fault because I spoke <laughs> that into existence. Uh, you said, thank you so much, bro. Miss your face. And uh, then I responded with an emoji. Then I wrote to you on Friday, March 20th. I said, just thinking about you, wanted to congratulate you on the movie. Seems like despite what's happening in the world, the movie is getting tons of awesome response and exposure. So cool to see it become a reality. Great job. You said, bro, thanks so much. It's been a mix of emotions. Really excited, but hard because all the theaters <laughs> shut down. But you said, but I'm trusting God's hand in this. And at least it comes out Friday on demand so people can watch it that way while quarantined too. So you were already <laughs> seeing the upside, but I could tell in you that it was like, Basically, just from one artist to another who, like, I know that when you do something, you don't do it halfway. Right. You put your heart and your soul into it, whether it's an album, That's correct. whether it's a movie, a book, that it's like you're doing this with all the passion that's inside of you and you want it to go out and reach the masses. And so right. I know you've mentioned the movie and we've kind of glossed over it a couple times, but talk about just how you've seen God's hand. Cause you just said, I can see God's hand in this. And obviously man, the theater's shutting down. I was just, it turned my stomach yeah. Yeah. on your behalf Thanks, when man. I was sitting at home in Nashville. And of course we supported, we downloaded the Thank movie you. and the kids <laughs> love, it was amazing. And Thank everybody's got to go see it. If they haven't gone to see it, I still believe, you can still get it on demand and watch it a thousand times. But I was hurting for you when the theater shut down. And talk about how you saw God's hand at work, even despite the theater shutting down through the movie that told the story of your life. How amazing is that, that that was able to take place and reach the world? Yeah, I think honestly, what was crazy about it is what the content of the movie is, that in the midst of trials and tribulations and the unknowns, that you can still say, okay, God, I'm still going to trust you. I still believe. And so, you know, I started seeing that the impact, we always want this massive wide impact. And God sometimes does that. And sometimes he just does the depth or he does both. Either or is fine. But I really started understanding the depth of what God was going to do with this movie. Because I started hearing stories of people saying, we're going to probably go see the movie but, you know, it's on demand. So we let all of our kids, our five kids, we all sat down as a family and watched it together, Love which it. we probably wouldn't have done. And we were able to have discussions that really, really deepened our topics of, of discussion. And so for me, I started just seeing people being stuck at home where instead of just going to the movie theaters, eating some popcorn, shoving their face with that, and then walking away and going, what are we going to do now? They were able to sit at home and actually soak in what the lesson of the movie was, which was actually pertaining very much to what we're experiencing in, in our society and the world. And so I've heard story after story worldwide. The movie that now is worldwide, which is insane to see how it's impacting. It was number one in Germany and Austria and, and Switzerland and Netherlands for a while. It's amazing. And to see like the impact, and it's still being released overseas because they had to shut, of course, theaters down overseas too. You never know the reach of something because we see it only with our eyes and with the scale of what the numbers are saying. But God's like, in my economy, the depth and how I work in people's hearts is what matters. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing that in a massive way. And we're honestly, they're doing analytics and they're saying, hey, listen, just as many people have seen it that we're going to see it in theaters anyway. So <laughs> it's like, amazing. it's not changed at all the reach. I guarantee it's probably changed the depth. I don't want to gloss over what you just said, though, about God's economy. Yes. I think that's a really profound thought and the depth versus the reach, the width of reach. Now, what's amazing is I love how 
God's like, hey, I'm going to reach the people that I plan to reach through your story, Jeremy, and through this movie. It's just going to be in ways that you never imagined. And I love that. So the, the film studio like basically told you that it has reached as many people as it may have reached if theaters were open. That's right. And so we, once again, it's going, okay, everyone's totally disappointed because it didn't have the big box office hit. But the response and the hearts that are being changed and touched is so deep and so great that I think it makes it all worth it. And you just go, okay, Lord, your ways are higher than my ways. And I'm so glad that I don't think that my ways are better because I wouldn't, (laughs) I would reach people in a different way and it wouldn't be the same effect as if you do. Well, I'm praying that this is a year for all of us. And even as you share your story, that our eyes are fixed more on what God's economy looks like yeah. now more than ever. And, yeah. uh, and and what you just shared is such a great example of that. A couple quick questions about the movie. Did you get your own like director's chair with your name on the back? Because that's did. what I would have done. We <laughs> actually did. Okay, sweet. That's awesome. It was like so surreal. Some people would want to just step back and watch it take place, but were you pretty hands-on? Did you wear sunglasses and <laughs> yell cut and things like that? No, we, de- we definitely were. Of course, the script, very involved. And we were there probably 75% of the filming. Love it really just were a part of it. And I mean, there was a lot of things I felt like I didn't need to say, you know, a couple of things I would speak up or KJ would come to me and say, Hey, in this circumstance, how did you really react? What did you really say? Or how did you say it? And so he was great with actually trying to portray the emotion and my personality very accurately, which I feel like he did. Oh, he he was amazing. Yeah, yeah. he's incredible. He probably did almost as good as I would have done. And now I'm realizing that like the reason why I didn't get the call. I heard you turned it down. Well, I didn't discover this keto ice cream soon enough. That was the, when I called the Irwin brothers, that's what they told me why they didn't call me. No, KJ did a phenomenal job. You guys did a phenomenal job. And here's the thing. One of the reasons why I was so excited to talk to you guys on this podcast is because every podcast episode is really about the power of story right. and how every single one of our stories matters and how we might be surprised by which chapters of our stories, even the broken ones or the not so put together ones that maybe the deeply wounded chapters that we all have in our stories, but we might not be readily willing to share. When I think of right. two people who have literally been living their lives day in and day out, being willing and available for God to shine a light through some of the most broken chapters that any story could have. I think of Jeremy and 80. And so I know that people are being impacted in droves by your worship project, by the movie, by these books. And I just love that every single day, you're a living, breathing example of what it looks like to say, okay, God, open hands. Mm. Here's all of our story, not just the good parts. You can use it all. In every episode, I ask every guest about their blue couch story. Jeremy, we've been on tour together. You've probably heard me share my story about asking Jesus into my heart, watching a Billy Graham crusade. And I was sitting on a blue couch as a 13-year-old kid. And one of the things I love to ask each guest is if they can remember sort of a blue couch moment in their life. And it doesn't have to be the first moment where they said yes to Jesus, but just a moment where God became real to them. And uh, for me, that's what it always takes me back to. And when I hear somebody else's story, it kind of, in its own way, it takes me back to those moments where I first felt God knocking at the door of my heart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I was 16. I was at a youth camp in California, actually. And being from Indiana, it was a big deal to go to California. And so my first thought to go out there was, yeah, California is going to be, 
you know, amazing. The girls, like, it's going to be awesome. That was because I wasn't even serving the Lord. So I'm like, this is going to be awesome. I was there and God spoke to my heart and said, Jeremy, I want to use you, but you're on the edge of a cliff about ready to jump off and you need to run as far away as possible. And I love you. And I was like, whoa, an encounter with Jesus that was so real. And I gave my life to Christ. I mean, I already gave my life to Christ, but like, I just wasn't serving him. I'd always known the Lord, but I made him Lord of my life at that point. Cause that's a different story Love it. to say, I, God, you are Lord of my life at that youth camp. And uh, from that point on, God just started doing that work in my heart and preparing me for what was to come. That's awesome. Mine was actually also at a youth camp. I think I was about 15 and this team had come out from England and they were ministering to our youth group and all of that stuff. And I remember one night there was just a night of worship. I'd gone through some really hard things as a really young girl, as a little girl. And someone came up to me, had no clue about any of my life experiences and just came up to me and said, I just got this picture of a big God and a little you of just like this ginormous guy just enfolding a little Adrian. And what they didn't know is that the Lord had already started just a deep healing process in my life that night. And I honestly got on my face on the ground and I just wept. I cried and I cried and I cried probably for two or three hours as they were just playing worship music around us. And God was just doing an amazing work in our entire youth group and just really like setting a fire in people's hearts of just going, okay, Lord, I'm going to lay everything down before you and just be completely sold out for you. And I think there've been a few defining moments like that in my life, but that was definitely one of them where I just feel like God did such a deep healing work inside my heart to get me ready and just closer to him as well. You know, that's beautiful. I love asking that question because I love the answer that I get. And it just, it gives me chills thinking about how God really does pursue each and every one of us. What would you guys say to anybody listening right now? I mean, here we are, we're in the, I heard somebody say, Hey, if 2020 was a football game, we'd be in the fourth quarter. And (laughs) when we're cheering for our team, we're always rooting for that fourth quarter comeback. But what kind of encouragement might you want to leave the listener with today as we approach these final months of 2020? No doubt, tons of tension. I'm looking at what's coming with elections and everything else. Um, You know, what kind of encouragement would you want to offer to somebody who's just looking at it going, man, God, I'm having a hard time seeing what your economy looks like here. And I'm having a hard time facing the unknown in front of me. You said something to me that just triggered something I've been sharing a lot because it's just really been on the forefront. And it has to do with, you know, a song that we even sang on the record, We Turn Our Eyes. Mm -hmm. But when you said, I'm seeing all these things, my first initial thought goes to, you know, Peter, when he was getting ready to walk in the water because he saw Jesus and Jesus said, come on out, you know, walk in the water. And so he does and he's fine for a second. And then he starts seeing his surroundings. He starts seeing his situation, taking his eyes off Christ and he starts to sink. And I really just, I have to just believe that we have to quit looking at all of our surroundings and quit seeing all the things that are around us. Because what happens, you start feeling like, you know, when you take your eyes off Christ, you, you start feeling like things are out of control, but God's in control. That's right. He's completely in control. That's right. Yeah. And when you look at him, and you realize that he sees the same thing because he's seeing the same thing that you're seeing. And when you're looking at him, you realize that you're in the same circumstance. Of course, he's perfect and he's, you know, can take care of it. He's not affected by it, but he's in control. And I think that for me, just to remember, keep your eyes fixed upon Christ, not your circumstances or your surroundings. And he sees it as well. He's completely in control. That's beautiful. Just to piggyback on that, I think oftentimes we think that we need to be handling circumstances perfectly in order to come to Christ. And it's like sometimes we just need to really be honest with Him about what we're feeling and experiencing and just come to Him and say, Lord, I want my, like maybe my perspective isn't set on you and my my sight isn't set on you, but being honest in that and asking Him to make the adjustments in our heart 
whoever's listening, if you do find yourself just really struggling, just come and be honest. You don't have to have yourself perfectly figured out and everything cleaned up in your life before you come to Jesus and let Him do just a deep ministering work in your heart, because that's the only way we're going to get through this life, you know, and especially this year too. Yeah, amen. So it's a great reminder that we just cannot make it through this life without Jesus. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing those encouragements. I know somebody out there on the other end of this conversation is going, okay, I needed that. I needed that. Mm. Jeremy and Adie Camp, or as Jeremy, I noticed, has called her Adrian. So I, <laughs> perhaps I've been doing it wrong this whole time. No, Adrian but, or, or is fine. Just, <laughs> me and her thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, I love it. I, I'm such a huge fan of both you guys, and uh, I've been so blessed to be able to call you friend, Jeremy. We uh, love you, bro. Obviously, we've been on tour together. I have so much respect for you. You too, man. One of my first memories of you was backstage at Spirit West Coast Monterey. I was an up-and-coming artist with uh, a horrible hairdo, but you, you came back. <laughs> backstage and you sought me out you put a hand on my shoulder and said hey man i just want to encourage you like god's doing some really cool things with you and then you didn't have to do that but you did it and i've always remembered it i don't think i've ever told you that wow mm-hmm. thanks man i want to thank you guys and you didn't have to do this podcast either i know you guys do so many interviews dude i love you bro well you guys are doing <laughs> such great things and uh, i wanted to make sure that everybody listening to this podcast got to hear about the worship project your daughter's song your books all these awesome things i just pray god's richest blessings on both of you go Going forward, great things are still to come. Thanks, man. Thanks, love Matthew. You, bro. We love you. We, we love Emily, you. your family. Yeah. <laughs> hey, now it's time for songs from the Story House. Today's song from the Story House is by Jeremy Camp. It's a song called "Keep Me in the Moment." Singing. One of my favorite songs that I've gotten to be a small part of in the last several years is a song on your record. I don't know why you let me write with you, but your song, Keep Me In The Moment, that like is one of my favorite songs that I've gotten to be a part of. So first of all, thank you for letting me write with you. Thanks, man. I remember being backstage on tour together. What city were we in? Do you remember? Uh, I don't actually remember. I was thinking St. Louis because it was cold, but I I may be wrong. That actually might be right. The Family Arena. Wow, good memory. You really are obsessed. (laughs) I I am obsessed with you. (laughs) But you had your buddy and producer, Jordan Jordan Sapp. Yeah. You do that a lot. You bring a producer out on the road and you start making the record. No, that was the first time. Isn't that crazy? Really? Yes. First time I'd done that. And I was like, Matthew, that's right. And you're like, yeah, absolutely. Remember that? And then we sat in a room and I just said, I really feel like God is delaying my heart to just stay in the moment, to keep in the moment of because of my kids are getting older. Like we had this conversation. I remember I was like, my daughter's going to be out of the house in four years, which that was, you know, two years ago, which is crazy. That was a couple years ago. Just thinking about that. I just was like sharing things that God had been teaching me. And all of a sudden just, it started going. Like you started singing stuff. We started just going for it. And God literally just downloaded that song in a very short amount of time. And it was just beautiful. I remember that. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen like that either. No, it does not. Holy Spirit, (laughs) for sure. I've been thinking about time. And where does it go? How can I stop my life from passing me by? I don't know. I've been thinking about family. Now it's going so fast Will I wake up one morning Just wishing that I could go back I've been thinking about lately Maybe I can make a change And let it change me So with all of my heart This is my 
We found common ground being dads, like what we talked about in our interview with you and 80 as well. I found myself in 2020 singing that song oh. to remind myself to stay in this moment and not rush to get out of it. That's right. All the beautiful things of spending time with our kids, that song. What I loved in the studio, which was the minor league hockey dressing room of some sort. Yep. Remember? It's like, <laughs> yeah, and we, we created those big gang vocals. All sang together. And I remember I left to go sound check or something, and then I came back, and it sounded like the record was done already. <laughs> That's Jordan, bro. Like, remember those big gang vocals? Oh, yeah. We all, my whole band, <laughs> and I think there was like a guest there, and he sang on it. So incredible. gotten to play that song live obviously before the country shut down but some songs perform well live some songs don't but they do well on the radio but like this song when you sing that chorus live do you feel bro i can't even tell you i'm so sad because we were playing it on the tour we were with mercy me it just came out on radio so no one really knew it yet it was one of my favorite songs of the night i'm not kidding you and so (laughs) i'm dying to play it because we haven't played it since everyone's heard it now and i think people are relating to it so much because we're in a time where we're distracted so much and god's just saying stop just stay in the moment don't look at what the future has to hold so much look at today because you don't know what the future has to hold anyway we have too many worries for today anyway yeah and so i think that people are starting to really relate and resonate with it what's the line in the chorus singing oh lord show me what matters yes Throw away all I'm chasing after. That feels like a 2020 line. And we wrote that in, what, 2018? That's exactly right. Isn't that crazy? It's like God just knew the right... I mean, it came out in March, Dang, that man. song. Dang, <laughs> Isn't it so cool, Jeremy, just to see, like, I mean, God's hand is on everything, man. His timing. I mean, it's like we say it all the time, but how often do we really let ourselves believe it and see it playing out that God's timing is 100% perfect that's right and uh, i believe the timing was perfect in him giving me the opportunity to go on tour with you amen i know jeremy would never brag on himself so i'll do it for him keep me in the moment became his most recent number one song and i know there's many more for him to come so honored to be a small part of that song and i'll always remember being backstage writing that song with jeremy and jordan it's so cool to see how god takes a moment like that backstage in a dressing room talking about how fast time goes by and how we don't want to miss the beautiful moments in our lives and then the lord takes it and it goes out into the world and has the chance to impact so many people so blessed by that and i hope this song speaks to your heart today All right, he is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment, this final part of the show is called Dad Vice. He is my dad and he gives good advice. And that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. 
Dad, thanks for being here today. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine, son. Thank you. Do you have a word for us today? Yes, the word for today is faith. The Bible says a lot about faith, and uh, I want to just share some powerful verses, real short ones. The first one, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith and not by sight. And yeah. that is a powerful one all in itself, because when things are going good and God is doing uh, great things in a believer's life, it's easy to follow God. But when things aren't going so good. That's where we have to have a a solid faith that's going to keep believing no matter what. Here's a couple more powerful verses, Hebrews 11, 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The faith here in Hebrews chapter 11, it's called the faith chapter. And I'd encourage everyone to just take that chapter and just spend time meditating on, they call it the hall of fame, people that got their names written down and it all started by faith, by faith, by faith. Hebrews eleven thirty, it said, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after the army had marched around them for seven days. Mm. So we need a faith that believes that he is, and that we need a faith that believes that he can do the impossible. Awesome word. That's the word for the day, faith. And the scripture you read about faith comes by hearing. What's that scripture again? That's Romans 10, 17. And read that for me one more time, would you? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Dad, as always, thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for sharing what God is teaching you through his word. It's always right on time, and I know it's encouraging everyone who's listening today. Hey, if you want to receive more encouraging messages just like that, I want to remind you about the ministry that my dad and I have. It's called Pop We. A great way to remember that is that he's my pop, and we are a community, a community encouraging each other to learn how to craft, share, and live a more fulfilling and more meaningful story with the one life that each of us gets. We send out a weekly Devo called Day One Devos, free of charge, and we would love to send it to you. In fact, right now we're in the middle of a six-week series called Truth Be Told. It's a video teaching series. If you'd like to start receiving weekly email devotionals from our ministry to you, just go to popwe.org to sign up. Well, that's our show for today. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll tell you what, I listened to the story of Jeremy and Aidy Camp and their family, and I see all the amazing things that God is doing through one family. It's just incredible. We're going to post links to every one of the songs that we talked about, to their movie, their books, and their daughter's song. How cool is that? But I want to leave you with this thought. Perhaps you were listening to the story of Jeremy and Aidy and thinking, wow, God can never use me in the big ways that he's using them. Well, I hope you know that's a lie from the enemy. God has a huge plan for each and every single one of us. And nothing can disqualify you from being used by God. He can take the most messy chapters of your story and turn it into something that gives him glory and helps you make an impact in the world. So go make the most of the one life you get today. You pursue God's plan for your life and he will show you what his plan is. And I guarantee you, it's going to be a better plan than any plan you could ever come up with on your own. It's your story for his glory. Thanks for listening today. We'll see you next time.
<laughs> but seriously, I, I, I do.